Good morning. Hope you're having a fantastic Friday morning thus far. Welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And certainly grateful for each and every one of you who is coming on right now to watch this show. We're so grateful and excited for what we have in store for you today. Got a jam-packed show for you guys this morning. And um, hope that this will be the start of a fantastic weekend for everyone in the name of the Lord. Uh, before we get started, we're going to jump into a word of prayer. And then we're going to get into our word this morning coming out of Proverbs chapter 27. And uh, just again, grateful that God gives us this opportunity to be able to worship in spirit and in truth with one another. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for gathering us here together to give your name praise, glory, and honor through this morning show. We ask, Lord God, that every person who is um, who is going to be on this show on today, Lord God, every person who watched this show today, everyone who listens to this show, Lord, that their hearts may be transformed, that they may be edified, that they may be glorified in you. Lord God, may this show be none of me and all of you. Lord God, may you get the glory, honor, and praise out of everything that is said and done on this day. Lord God, we're just grateful that you give us this opportunity to be able to worship you in spirit and truth. Uh, for your word says that you are spirit, and those who worship you must worship in spirit and truth. And so we're grateful, God, that you give us this opportunity to be able to worship you on today. And Lord God, we're just asking that um, from the sound of my voice, Lord, that every person who who listens to this show, um, you know, is is edified, is 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 uplifted on today, is given a word of encouragement on today to keep fighting the good fight of faith. Lord God, we're grateful. And for all the blessings that you have bestowed upon us from the rockets of our cradle to this present time. And asking, Lord God, that you just continue to bless us in a mighty and powerful way. Strengthen and encourage our spirit, man, that we may be able to endure any and all trials and tribulations we may go through. That we may continue to be the children of God that you have called us to be. That we may continue to allow our lights to shine before others. That they may see our good works and glorify you because of it. And Lord God, we're just thankful. Thankful that you thought it not robbery to get on a cross and die for us, uh, that we may live uh, and be able to live both now and forever. Lord God, we're just grateful and we give your name all praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, certainly excited to be among you guys on today and hope that you're having a fantastic day in the name of the Lord on this morning. Uh, we are going to jump into our word today. <clears throat> um, coming out of Proverbs chapter 27. And then we're also going to be looking at Matthew chapter 6 um, um, as kind of a, a backdrop for what we're going to be talking about today. Um, Proverbs 27 and 6 uh, simply says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Perfuse are the kisses of an enemy. Again, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. In Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 1, Jesus says these words to his disciples. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your, from your Father who is in heaven. Thus when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what, you, what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, 
You must not pray like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your inner room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard by their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Um, today I want to talk about codependency and the addiction that we have to validation. I was talking to a couple of clients yesterday during therapy sessions and we stumbled upon um, uh, the fact that for a lot of us we have a tendency to be addicted to validation more so than in any other generation because of the advent of social media uh, a lot of us are dealing with an addiction to validation uh, we want the likes we want the clicks we want the 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 comments we want the accolades we want so much validation of our existence um, in our relationships we want validation in our on our jobs we want validation we want somebody to see us um, and when you're born and bred in a world or in an environment where you're not being seen by somebody or you're not being accepted by somebody it makes it really difficult to want to uh, it makes it very difficult to have a desire to be able, well, it's very difficult for us to be able to stand on our own two feet. To be able to stand on our own two feet in such a way to where we're not uh, moved by whether a person is validating our existence or not. Uh, we crave to be seen. We crave to be known. We crave to be adored. We crave for people to say something to us. We crave for feedback. We crave for someone to say, you are special, you are awesome, you are mighty, you are dynamic, you are so amazing. We crave that so badly that for many of us, we will undersell and undervalue our own worth for the sake of companionship. We will undervalue or uh, undersell our own worth just so somebody can say, you did a great job. We are willing to compromise on our own integrity just so somebody can say, I see you. We see it happen in relationships where you're so dependent on your person for validation of yourself that you're willing to compromise your integrity, you're willing to compromise your body, 
You're willing to compromise what you know to be true. You're willing to compromise your own thoughts and your own and your own feelings just so you can stay connected to somebody. You want to be in love and you want to be, you know, in a relationship so bad that you're willing to forsake everything you know to be true about who you are as a person just so you can stay booed up to somebody. Because in one moment they saw you and it just unraveled your entire existence. And as a result, you are so addicted to the validation that you received that you're willing to do whatever it takes to get that next dopamine hit of validation. We see it happen on our jobs where we want so badly to be seen by our bosses, want so badly to be seen by our mentors, want so badly to be seen by the CEOs that we're sometimes willing to undercut, willing to hurt willing to undermine, willing to scheme, willing to plot and plan just so we can get one leg up on our competition rather than working our jobs with integrity and just letting the work speak for itself. And when God decides to elevate and when God decides to move us to the next level on whatever that is, then God will do that work. But we try to undercut and undermine and do so so that somebody on the job can see us. So that somebody can say, I'm so proud of you. You're doing such a great job. Great work. And sometimes we'll, we'll compromise on things that we know are, are dead wrong. But we won't say anything. We'll keep our mouths shut. We don't want to stir the pot. We don't want to be a whistleblower. We don't want to you know, mess things up. We don't want to be blackballed. And so rather than saying what needs to be said, we are so dependent on the validation that we have on that job that we won't say a word. We won't jeopardize our careers for the sake of doing what's right. We'll sometimes be so codependent upon our, upon our children that we won't allow them to grow up and be the children that they're supposed to be. We try to mold them and shape them into our image. Make them like us. So much so for whatever reason, whether it's because we were so successful as athletes growing up in, in, in school and so now we want our kids to be the same or we're living vicariously through them because we didn't get the chance. And so now we're going to push them to be what we wanted to be and we're going to make them do whatever it is that we want them to do so that we can get the glory out of it. We can say, that's my child. Look what I got them to do. Look, look at where I, what I'm doing for them. And be able to tell all of our friends, my child's doing this. My child's doing that. My child is doing this. My child is doing that. And all the while, our children are miserable because they're not doing what they love. They're only doing what's going to make mom and dad happy. And what's going to make mom and dad proud. Our, our addiction to validation is so strong sometimes that it will even bleed itself into the church where you have a lot of people who can wow a crowd and can stand on a platform and preach and, and preach and 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 be charismatic and can move a crowd and can cause goosebumps and cause people to fall out out of, fall out in the spirit but their hearts are so far away from God and so far removed from God that if there's anything that they need to say to the people that's going to hurt feelings, going to step on toes, going to make people feel a certain way. They'll run for the hills before they ever turn, tell anybody the truth about who Jesus is and give them the, the full measure, the full counsel of the word of God. And stick to the lighthearted messages that's going to keep them, that's going to either keep the money going or keep the attendance up. And our addiction to validation our addiction to the, the yes and the 
amens and the that's my pastors and y'all saying that song so good we can be so addicted to the platform addicted to the stage addicted to the crowds addicted to the people addicted to you know um you know people screaming our names and making us feel certain ways that that is what will keep us stuck in a shallow relationship with the lord and will compromise on the word of god and compromise on who we know we are supposed to be and compromise on our own spiritual integrity for the sake of likes, for the sake of clicks, for the sake of follows, for the sake of shares, for the sake of dollars. You have some people right now that are in the faith who are so who are so willing to who are so willing to um to compromise on who they are that they will they they won't even give they won't even give themselves the opportunity to grow in their own faith they'll stay so shallow in their faith that they won't give themselves the opportunity to grow where God wants them to grow they won't do what God is calling them to do they're so afraid that they're not going to get the likes and not going to get the shares that they're willing to cut and undermine the faith itself for the sake of the clickbait they are they're willing to compromise on what God tells us when he says in the word that if you have an ought against your brother to go and go to him and him alone. We'll justify cutting our brothers and sisters and, and, and do so by creating tapes and creating, um, you know, viral videos in an attempt to get attention from others saying, you know, I can't believe this pastor said this or I can't believe this pastor said that and we'll clip a 45-minute sermon and make it a 90-second segment, cut that down to five seconds, and then go on a complete diatribe over five seconds rather than, you know, and, and not rather than, and do so for the sake of likes, for the sake of shares, for the sake of getting their numbers up so that they can be seen, they can be known, they can be, they can be, they can be, they can be praised. And have people say, yeah, in the comments. You showed it, you told him, you showed it, tell her. That's how we, that's how we, you know, as the believers in God, we're so addicted to validation. We're so addicted to being seen. So addicted to being known. That we will compromise on our own integrity as believers in God for the sake of the validation. I'll tell anybody, being validated, being known, being seen, one of the greatest feelings in the world. It's one of the greatest feelings in the world to know that you can be seen by somebody and not judged, not criticized, not ridiculed. It's a great feeling for someone to like us for who we are to like us for a piece of who we are and for a lot of us we can get so addicted to the validation that we won't that we'll mask ourselves and hide our true selves from people and give them what we think they want 
or what they're telling us they want from us. We won't give them the full facet of who we are. We won't give them the full facet of who God is. We will instead compromise on both for the sake of somebody to say, I like you. For the sake of someone saying, you are, you are, you are great. You are awesome. Man, you, you, you tickle my fancy. It feels so good to be around you. We will compromise on our integrity, compromise on who we are, compromise on our ideals, compromise on our beliefs. How many of us have been in relationships where we didn't want to give up the goods? We didn't want to, you know, constantly put on the mask of I'm happy. I'm feeling good right now. Everything's all good. Everything's all great. Have, you know, compromised on what we know to be true. Just so that we can stay in a relationship. Just so we can say, I'm in one. We are so afraid of being alone because to be alone is to validate that I'm not worthy of love. I'm not worthy to be in a relationship. I'm not worthy to be connected to somebody. So I stay with someone just so that I can say that I'm worthy of being loved. Despite the fact that this joker ain't showing no type of real love, but it's just the fact that we're together. We exist as a couple. It validates that, I, that I'm worthy. And to break up with this person, knowing this person is no good for me, is to then validate a different truth, that I'm not worthy of love. How many of us, again, are working jobs where we're cutting corners, doing things we know we ought not do, but because of the title that we hold? If I, if I, tell, if I tell them that we can't do this, they're going to strip my title from me. And then what? What am I then? I'm no longer a manager, no longer a CEO. I'm no longer what I'm supposed to, what, what, I've, what, I've, what I've climbed this ladder to become. If I tell the people the truth about Jesus and all that he's done for us, if I tell them about who Jesus really is and what he truly stands for and what it really means to be a believer in Christ, oh, they're, they're not going to let me pass to the church no more. They're not going to let me preach no more. They're not going to let me sing in the choir no more. They're not going to let me usher no more. They're not going to let me teach no more. If I really tell them what this Bible is saying, they're going to kick me out the church. Because it doesn't fit with the culture of this church. We are sometimes so dependent and addicted to validation that we won't allow the full counsel of God to rest, rule, and abide in our hearts in such a way to where we recognize that the only validation that we need comes from the Lord. The only validation that matters comes from Christ. Christ, by his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and future return, has given us a validation that is everlasting and is true. Christ loves us and sees us and knows us in a way that no one else does. No one else can. No one else will. 
And he loves us so much that he's willing to share that validation with us. And if we allow the validation of God to rule and abide in our hearts the way that he designed us to allow that validation to rule inside of us, then we, the people of God, can walk with a sense of integrity and pride that allows us to withstand any onslaught of, of, of external validation that we may not be receiving from various sources. There are days where you may not get the validation that you're looking for from people. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Hashtag Dark Knight. But God is saying that who cares who validates you? Who cares whether or not you receive the validation that you're looking for from man? Because the only person whose validation matters is God's. His is the only opinion of you that matters. And if you search throughout the scriptures, he tells us that despite being sinners, he loved us so much that he died for us. That if we are believers in Christ, we are now the children of God, the heirs of God, joint heirs of Christ. We are, we are beloved. We are saved. We are delivered. We are set free. We are his. We belong to him. We are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. We belong to God. All of those things and so much more are ours as the people of God. And the more that we rest and abide in Christ, as Christ and the Holy Spirit abides in us, we can walk in such a way to where we no longer need the validation from people in order to exist in this world. And again, it feels good to be seen. It feels good to be heard. It feels good to be known, but we should never compromise on our value, compromise on our beliefs, compromise on our ideals just so that somebody can see me. It shouldn't matter how many likes you get on social media. Your validation doesn't come from how many people say yes to you or endorse you. Your, your validation doesn't come from how long you've been in a relationship when the relationship is treating you like trash. There's no, there's, no, you, there's no brownie points or bonus points for staying in a relationship with somebody who is not good for you. It's no, there's no point in staying on a job where you know you're cutting corners because at the end of the day, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? You can have all the money in the world, but if you don't have the money in the if you don't have the money with integrity, that money can go away. I mean, even if you have it with integrity, it could go away because God, you know, God works things out how He works them out. But what I'm saying is, what does it profit you to have everything that you want, but your soul be so jacked up? What does it profit you to just to be able to stand on stage and be like, look at all that I've done? If your heart is so far away from the Lord, so far away from Christ. What does it profit you to stand on stage and give the word to people if you're only giving them the sugar-coated stuff? If you're not, if you're not, if you're only giving them glitter Jesus, but you're not giving them the raw, 
the grimy, the dirty, the gritty Jesus. What is it? What what is it worth? What is it worth for many of us? Our faith is so shallow that we would rather have the praise of men than the validation of God. We'd rather adore and worship the validation and praise of men than to have the than to, than to possess and to appreciate and to hold uppermost of our affections the validation that comes from the Lord. And because of that, many of us are compromising our own self-worth for the sake of companionship, for the sake of having a job and having a title and having responsibilities and being able to lord it over people, for the sake of a platform, for the sake of a pulpit. We're compromising on what we should know to be true. What we know to be true about the Lord, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And so, today, I challenge all of us today, as the believers in God. If you find yourself seeking after the praise of men, the praise of women, you want so badly to be seen by somebody if your the needle of your heart is easily moved by someone showing you some attention by someone showing you a little bit of affection of someone showing you that you sound real good if someone is liking your pictures just a little bit more than usual if your needle is moved by external validation more than it is by the validation of the Lord, search your heart. Bow to the throne of grace and ask God, help me to see. Help me to see how I'm not like you. Help me to see how I'm not thankful for your validation of me. Help me to understand why it is that people can move me long before you do. If a person tells me to jump, I'm, I'm asking how high. But if you tell me to move, mm, I don't know, I don't know. Help me to understand that according to your word, if I'm just accepting the praise of men and doing things for the praise of men, I've received my reward. As it reiterates in um, Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 1, beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. If the only if, if if I'm doing something for the for if I'm claiming to be doing something for Christ 
and I'm in my heart of hearts doing it. I, I say to God be the glory with my lips, but in my heart I'm really saying to me be the glory. God says in the word, you've already received your reward. And the praise of men is not all that that's not all that is cracked up to be. Being able to say that I'm able to move my 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 person, move my my, my boo in a particular direction, that's not all that it's cracked up to be. If I'm living to make people happy at the expense of my own soul, that's a problem. That's a that's a that's a problem. But thanks be to God that the solution couldn't be closer to us through the person and work of Jesus Christ. He saved us, he redeemed us so that we can have internal validation re residing in our hearts in such a way to where we are then able to walk with integrity regardless of where we're at. If we're on social media, we're, we're using our social media for the glory of God. We're posting for the glory of God and not for the not for the glory of man. You know, if we're, you know, on our jobs and we're working our jobs, we're working for the glory of God and not for the glory of man. You know, if we have titles and we have responsibilities, we're using those titles and responsibilities for the glory of God and not the glory of man. If I'm in a relationship and I'm seeing all the red flags, I'm not trying to do I'm not trying to give this person my whole self. The hope and hope that those red flags will change. No, I'm walking in integrity knowing that I don't need this person in my life in order to validate myself. I can walk out of this relationship because I realize that this relationship is not good for me. And yeah, I might be alone for a little while, but I can I'd rather be alone with my integrity and my worth intact rather than stay in a relationship with somebody and have my self worth decimated. Just so I can say I'm in a relationship with somebody. I have so many people that I talk to on, in therapy sessions. And even my own self have had to deal with this too. Who, you know, have compromised on their integrity and their worth. Just so they can stay in a relationship. Giving everything away. Their bodies, their minds, their hearts, their souls. Just so they can stay booed up with someone. And the takers, of course, they just gonna take. They're not gonna. They're not gonna reciprocate. And then wonder why you act. Why you tripping? This is the way our relationship has always been. You give, I take. And if we allow the the word of God to rule and reside in our hearts and to and to uplift us and encourage us and strengthen us and build us up, then we can see in what areas of our lives. Are we depending on others to validate our self-worth, to validate our integrity, to validate our existence? The only person who matters is God. And God is saying to us today, we should live our lives and pattern ourselves in such a way to where we are walking with integrity not because I'm so I've got so much integrity in me, but because of the God that we serve who gives us a personal validation.
because in his word he says that we are the image bearers of God. There is no greater validation than to get the seal of approval from the creator of the universe. And he calls us image bearer. He calls us child. He calls us friend. He calls us he calls us um you know uh, uh, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. He calls us beloved. He calls us ch a chosen race. He calls us a royal priesthood. He calls us all of these different things. He validates us. We get the seal of approval from the almighty God himself. You don't need anybody else's approval. You don't need anybody else's approval. You have the approval of God. Whatever it is that you got going on, whatever it is that you're going through, it, it doesn't have to cost your integrity. You're having a hard time walking away from a relationship? Seek the Lord and seek wise counsel and bow out. Just because you're not with that person anymore doesn't mean that you're meant to live a lonely existence. No, you can, you can be with somebody who values you, but you got to value yourself. And that value comes from the almighty God. You got to value yourself and not cheapen your integrity and cheapen your worth and cheapen, your, 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 cheapen yourself by taking anybody's validation. Feels good to be lit up, but don't let the light up be, be, be mistaken for love. You don't have to be, you don't have to, you don't have to, you know, cheapen your integrity on your job. You can hold your head up high and say, I did the right thing. Even if it costs you the job, costs you the promotion, costs you the title, costs you the company car, costs you, you know, stock options, costs you whatever. You can hold your head up with integrity. Because you don't need the titles in order to do the job. And you don't need the titles in order to validate who you are. You lose a job today, I promise you they're going to find somebody to replace you tomorrow. We, jobs, jobs don't care about us like that. We're special, but we're not that special. You don't have to just, you don't have to preach the word in a pulpit. You can preach the word wherever you are. You don't have to sing on stage. You can sing wherever you are to the glory of God. So you don't have to water down or, you know, uh, or only preach happy messages. So that people can feel good and people can laud over how great and awesome you are as a preacher. And you say to God be the glory, but you're really saying to me be the glory or the, the singing that you do or whatever it is that you're doing on that, on that platform. You can do it with integrity and do it with the full counsel of the word. Because the only validation that matters is the validation that we receive from the Lord. Far too often, we are measuring our self-worth and measuring our validation by external factors. 
We're looking at everybody in the world and asking people to validate my existence. See me. Hear me. Hear my truth. Make me matter. And as a result, we are compromising left and right. And it's been happening since the dawn of time, but it's happening more rampantly. And we're able to see it more so in, than any other generation. Because, especially because of the advent of social media. Everybody wants to be validated now. Everybody wants to, 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 be, to, to have their truth and their truth be the truth. Everybody wants to be, to be known for something. And everybody wants the likes and the clickbait and all that type of stuff. Feels like it anyway. I'm going to stop saying everybody. A lot of people. Want that. And we as the people of God have to be ever so careful that we're not falling in the trap. Because it's very easy to fall into that and to fall into that trap of seeking validation outside of ourselves. Seeking validation so much so that we're willing we're willing to risk our integrity. Willing to risk and compromise on what we know to be true about the Lord. Again, staying in relationships we should have been got out of. Staying on jobs we should have been left. Staying in churches that we that we know ain't preaching the gospel. No, ain't preaching truth. No, treating people like crap. Like we we know this and yet we stay. And we stay silent. Because we seek the validation. We crave the validation. Codependency is when we undervalue and undersell our worth for the sake of some type of validation. And we have to be ever so careful that we are not so dependent on others to measure our worth. The only person's well, the only person's measurement that matters is Christ. And can I remind you of the of the measuring stick that he gives us? John 3, 16 and 17. God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. If that's not enough for you, Romans chapter 5. Starting at verse 6. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the almighty for the for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us that in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we now have received reconciliation. 
And just in case that wasn't enough. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Started at verse 16. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So I make this appeal to us today as Christ made the appeal to us. Matthew chapter 11 verse 25 At the time at that time Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all who labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So many of us, we are scrambling for validation. We work ourselves up in an an anxious fit. For the sake of being booed up with somebody. Stir ourselves up into an anxious fit. Trying to climb the, trying to climb the social ladder. Trying to climb the financial ladder. Trying to, find, trying to climb the job ladder. Work ourselves in an anxious fit. Trying to figure out what's the next thing I want to preach to, to the crowd. So that way I can wow them and get them to pay us money. We work ourselves in a tizzy. And Christ is saying, come to me and you will find rest for your soul. All the money in the world can't give you rest. All the, 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 the titles in the world can't give you rest. All the validation from your spouse, from your boyfriend, from your girlfriend can't give you rest. All of the pleasures of this world cannot give you rest. The platforms can't give you rest. Social media cannot give you rest. The true eternal rest that our souls long for 
only comes from the Lord. He designed it that way. Ecclesiastes 3.11, he placed eternity in our souls. And the only thing that can, that can fill eternity is something eternal. And the invitation is wide open. Upon repentance and belief, you can be saved and you can reclaim. That's the... See the side note. Reclaim. Reclaim your place in the kingdom. Image bearer, son, daughter, child, friend, ambassador. Image bearer, I think I said that before, I'm going to say it again. Heir of God, joint heir with Christ, royal priesthood, chosen race. All of these and so much more are ours to reclaim. I say this all the time. We cannot be fully human without the Lord. We cannot be fully human without the Lord. God created us and designed us and we're fractured, we're broken. And we need the Lord in our lives to fix us. To fix what's broken. To make us fully human. Reclaim. What's ours. Upon repentance and belief. Forsaking and denouncing all other gods and saying God. You are the uppermost of my affections, Christ. You are the uppermost of my attention. You have my full allegiance. And believing in him, pushing all your chips in. I believe in nothing else. If I'm wrong about if I'm if I'm wrong about this and we get to the end and I'm wrong, I'm doomed because I believe in nothing else. I'm all in. All my poker chips are in. And God promises that the validation that we seek from others, he can give it to us in, 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 in waves. Give it to us in spades. To where I don't need validation from anybody else. It feels good to have it, but I don't need it from anybody else. And I'm not going to seek it at the expense of my soul. For better to be an army of one with my soul anchored in Jesus than to have a battalion of friends and my soul be lost. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we are so grateful for the thousand likes that we have received thus far and grateful for your viewership and thank you for your attention thus far on this show. If you've missed any part of this message or you want to recap on any past episodes that we have, we are available on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And so just look up the True Gospel Morning Show on both Spotify and um and Apple Podcast and that there is where you will find us. 
Uh, we're grateful again for all of the comments that we've received thus far and hope that you guys are having a fantastic day in the name of the Lord. Um, and again, as I always say, if there's if you do decide to give us any gifts, none of those gifts are going to go to me. I got my own job, make my own money and pay my own bills. Um, so um, any money that you do give to us, any gifts that you do give to us through this TikTok um, morning show, they go straight to the ministry to keep up our website and our subscriptions uh, to ensure that you're getting the content um, that we are putting out there. So we're grateful and thankful to each and every one of you who has decided to um, to give any gifts that you've given today. Um, and again, just so excited to be among you guys on this morning. Uh, Ghost of Zenkai told me good morning. Good morning to you as well. And I'm grateful for everybody again who's been in the comment section and just giving us, um, you know, giving us such love. I really do grateful for you guys on today and grateful that we have this opportunity to be able to worship with you guys on this morning. Um, so what I want to jump into today... Um, again, and feel free to fill out that comment box with any questions or comments or concerns that you do have. I do read every comment that you got, that you guys post. Um, so don't feel like I'm ignoring you. I just to keep my train of thought. I don't respond to everything because otherwise we're going to be going all over the place and then this show just go sideways. Um, but I am paying attention to every comment that is in the box and every, um, every break we do go through the comments to see if there's any questions or comments or concerns that you guys have. So feel free to fill out that comment box with any question or comment that you have um and again all i ask is that you keep it classy start going left we're gonna give you the mute um so thank you once again um for all of that um and grateful for you guys continued viewership um so the next thing that i want to talk with you guys about um somebody had asked a question earlier this week um are mental illnesses spiritual um someone asked the question are mental illnesses spiritual um and so, um, as a as kind of a reference point to start the conversation, I want to turn to Colossians chapter um, Colossians chapter two and three. Um, there we go. Um, so I want to turn to Colossians chapter two and three as a reference point to kind of start the conversation to answer the question: Are mental illnesses spiritual? Um, Paul starts in Colossians chapter 2, starting at verse 1. I want you to know how great a struggle I have for you and for those at Laodicea, and for those who have not seen me face to face, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance and understanding, and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this in order that no one may delude you with plausible arguments. For though I am absent in the body, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. 
In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses, by counseling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed, um, he disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. Therefore, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink, or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worshiping of the angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you are still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, referring to things that all perish as they are used, according to human precepts and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. Now if we turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we find these words that kind of bring it together. Starting at verse 1 of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I, Paul, myself entreat you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, I who am humble when face to face with you, but bold toward you when I am away. I beg of you that when I am present, I may not have to show boldness with such confidence as I count on showing against some who suspect us of walking according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. So, when it comes to mental health and its connection to our faith, we have to remember that everything is connected to the sin and brokenness of this world. I'm talking to the believers. If you're an unbeliever, it ain't going to make sense. So just kind of buckle up and hold on tight. But for the believer, everything that is wrong with this world is a direct consequence of sin and brokenness. So that means that mental illnesses are manifestations of deeper problems. A deeper problem of the soul. And if we're not careful, we will fall victim to human philosophy as the cure-all for mental illnesses and diseases. Now, I am not saying that you shouldn't go to seek a therapist. I'm a therapist for crying out loud. I'm not saying you shouldn't see a psychiatrist. 
I'm not saying you shouldn't seek your doctor. And if they say that you that probably taking medication will help boost mood, if y'all have gone through every other channel and looked to see if there's anything else that could be done and ain't nothing working, take the medication. Just like we take medications for our physical bodies, we get a cold, we take cold medication, we get the flu, we get the flu shot, COVID, we got the COVID vaccine, like with sicknesses, they got cute, they got cures. Take your meds. Take them. But don't let that be where it stops. For the believer, we got to seek God and ask him what's going on that's causing these issues that are going on with me. Prime example, I got thousands of books. I ain't going to say thousands. I got 50 books on relationships. Right here above me, got a couple that are behind me because all my, all my um, gospel books are back there. But a whole, whole bunch of books on relationships. And I can read all these books on relationships. But if the core problem of my issue is seeking validation, then no matter how many relationship books I get on validating myself, I'm always going to have a problem with validation. And no matter how much knowledge I have on how to give myself validation, I'm going to seek validation outside of my relationship. And as a result, all the therapy in the world is not going to help me if I don't take what I'm learning in therapy about myself and taking it to the cross. So now that I know, having gone to therapy, I got a validation issue, I got a people-pleasing issue, I got a problem with wanting to make other people happy at the expense of myself, that I have a problem with not speaking my mind, that I have a problem with not telling people the truth, rather than try to work that thing out on my own, I now can take this problem to the cross. Jesus, I need help. I got a problem trying to people-please. I'm always trying to make other people happy. You know, I've been making people happy since I was four years old. Standing on people's on platforms and making people happy and jucking and jiving for other people and making them feel good and, you know, and, and getting my validation from them. And so when I don't get validation from my spouse, I'm seeking it outside of her. Not realizing what's going on until somebody finally hit me in the face when I went to therapy to see. So now, geez, I'm coming to you. I can't fix this. Heaven knows I've tried. Many times to fix this, I can't fix this on my own. Jesus, I need your help. We, I, got the, I see the problem. I need your help. I'm idolizing, worshiping validation. So help me, Jesus, to not worship that anymore. Help me to worship you. And in worshiping you, teach me how to be honest with everybody. Teach me how to say no to people. When that's what I when that's the truth, let my yes be yes and my no be no. Help me to, you know, put people in their proper place in my life. Help me to not be addicted so addicted to validation to where if somebody validates me, I'm falling head over heels. Help me in that regard. Help me to, you know, to treat you as the greatest treasure that I could ever possess and help me to walk in integrity. 
therapy is helpful for the believer because now we know what to take to Jesus. But if I stop at just therapy, the sin that's wrought in my heart will find another way to manifest itself. So again, mental illnesses are a manifestation of a deeper problem of the soul. And the deeper problem of the soul is only what God can fix. Only God can cure that. Only God can rectify that. You're anxious about what move to make. You know, I don't know whether to go here. I don't know whether to go there. I'm so scared of this. I'm so scared of that. That anxiety is, manif is a manifestation of a deeper sin problem. Fear. And scripture tells us God doesn't give us a spirit of fear. But of power, love, and a sound mind. So let's get to the root of that. What are you so afraid of? What's, going, what's happened in your life that's got you so scared that you won't make a move? That you won't decide on whether to go here or whether to go there? That you can't, you know, that you can't get out of your house? What's going on in there? Let's get to the root of that. Figure out what traumas happened in your past and how God can help, can, can help heal that. You know, I, I, I'm, 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 you know, always, you know, giving my body away. I'm always giving my body away. Every time I get with somebody, I'm always just giving my body away. And I don't, I don't, I don't understand why I'm doing that. You know, I want to stop doing that. Okay. Well, let's talk about how did that manifest itself? What was really going on there? You know, what were you giving your body away for? Did someone take your body without consent? And so now you're living out that trauma every single day? Or, you know, did you give your body as a means of trying to make somebody else happy? And that has been the pattern of your relationships? Or are you so addicted to the feeling of giving your body away that you can't stop? But whatever it is, let's get to the root of it. Is it addiction? Is it validation? Is it pain? What's going on there so that we, we can now we can take it to Jesus and take it to the cross? Recognizing that God, that Christ died for all of that. Christ he died for all of that. That is how we, the believers, can leverage therapy, leverage psychiatry, leverage counseling for the glory of God. It, it's not an either or. Go seek a therapist for mental illnesses and mental issues. Lord knows I did. Lord knows I did. But take what you're learning and then give it to Jesus. I had a client came, came to me yesterday. He was saying, you know, that, you know, he had, you know, he, he and his wife were going to get a divorce. They were calling it quits about three sessions prior. And I was like, all right, you know, I understand, you know, hey, everything happens for a reason, you know, sometimes it just ain't meant to be. And he was talking and talking, talking about, you know, why and all that kind of stuff. And it was all good. And, you know, and I talked to him and I told him, well, you know, for the next relationship, you know, you're going to have to work on your trust issues. Because if you don't work on your trust issues, then it doesn't matter who you get with. You're never going to trust anybody ever again. You got to work on that. You got to deal with that. You got to you got to you got to seek wise counsel on that. And he never brought up God, so I couldn't bring up God because, again, it goes against the ethics. They got to bring it up first before I can bring it up. Um, but, you know, but he, 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 you know, 
took what I said to heart and was like, yeah, I got to work on my trust issues and I got to work on allowing people to, you know, you know, give, you know, um, to give up. Yeah, I got to give up, you know, control of things and let my let my person, you know, be in more control of the relationship and things like that. And I was like, yeah, that's yeah, that's what's up. And so, you know, we're going to try to, you know, make this work, you know, for your next relationship, for your next relationship. He comes to me yesterday and he tells me, man, me and my wife. So we getting back together. What? I thought y'all were getting a divorce. Man tells me, listen, I went, I, I went after I was done, after I talked to you, I've been talking to the chaplain, because he's in the, um, he's a military brat, been talking to the chaplain, and me and the chaplain were talking about the things you were talking about, and he, and he said, man, listen, you know, tr trust issues, they can be mended. They can, they can be mended. They can be mended. Like, you can, you can fix this. You can, you can make this work. Like, if that's the issue, fight for your marriage. Fight for her. Give, give it, give you, unless you have given it all you can, fight for your marriage. And so he took the lessons that we learned in therapy and he took it to the cross and said, listen, I want my marriage. God help me to deal with my tr the trust issues. Help me to make peace with the past to not treat my wife like them because she's not them she's not them help me to trust in you and in trusting in you i can trust her because she's my spouse and she loves me and cares about me and all she wants is for us to trust each other goes to um goes goes to go to the courthouse to get the divorce finalized and by some strange happenstance of the glory of God, he missed the box on the paperwork. And the lady comes out and says, we can't process it because you missed the box. And he's like, I can just fill in the box right now. They said, no, you can't fill in the box without her present. And because she's not present, you can't fill out the box here. So you're going to have to refile the entire thing. You're going to have to fill, refill out the whole form and come back and do this process all over again. Goes to the um to his to to his you know wife and she's like I can tell that you've changed. I can tell that you've grown. I can tell I can see the difference in you. I want to give this another shot. That's God. When we take our issues, when we're open and honest about our issues. And say, God, I'm giving it to you. The miraculous can happen in our brokenness. What did God say? Or his strength is made perfect in our weakness. If we can be honest with where we're at. And take our problems to the cross. God can work out some things in us like nothing else can. All the therapy in the world can be helpful but it's amazing what God can do in the midst of us just being honest with him about where we're at. The transparency, the honesty, the vulnerability, the openness, God can do something with that. When we confess our faults, confess our flaws to the Almighty. So I'm saying all that to say mental illnesses are a manifestation of internal strife and internal sin and internal brokenness 
on a spiritual level. But for a lot of us, we'll limit mental health to just the material world. It's deeper than that. For the, us as the believers, we have an advantage where God has given us therapists, has given us counselors, has given us life coaches, has given us psychiatrists, has given us psychologists who can help us see things in patterns and ways that we've never been able to see them before. And when we're able to see the connections and see the patterns, we can leverage those things for the glory of God. And say, God, help me. I see the problem now. I thank you for giving me the eyes to see the problem now. I thank you for allowing me to be enough in my right mind to be able to give this to you. Thank you for keeping me sane long enough so that I can take this issue to you and, and ask for your help. And what did God, what did Christ say to us? I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send you a comforter. The Holy Spirit who, even when we don't know what to pray, is making intercession for us. Praying the prayers we ought to pray. But for because all things are working together for God's good. God is saying that our demons and our issues and our problems, we can we can take them to him. We don't have to poo-poo, you know, th therapy. We can leverage it for the glory of God. We can leverage what God has placed in the world in our therapists and in our psychiatrists and our psychologists for the glory of God. We can leverage the knowledge and leverage, because again, they, they want to get all the credit and all that type of stuff for having created this thing. All these systems are the same systems have been just recycled over and over and over again. But we can leverage those systems and leverage those, thought, those, those thoughts, those ways of thinking for the glory of God. That's why Paul tells us, don't fall for the empty deceit in the human philosophies. Don't fall for them to where you are now ascribing yourself to them. Because some of us, we, 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 we want to, we will, some of us will sometimes use our mental health issues and problems as excuses for why we do what we do. Oh, that's just my anxiety acting up. That's my depression. I'm depressed. You know, I, you know, so many of my clients will come in and give me the trigger words. You know, you know, my anxiety and my, my depression. And it's like, bruh, you already coming in hot talking about you anxious and depressed. He ain't even talking what the problem is yet. What's, what's going on? You might not be, you might not have anxiety. You might not have depression. You might have had a bad situation happen in your life, and it made you sad. You might have had a bad situation happen in your life, and now you're scared. But you're wearing this label, and for what? And again, some of us will use those labels to, as an excuse to act out and to act up. And so, and so again, we got to be ever so careful that we're not falling for the hype. 
The TikTok age has made it to where we can identify stuff in us so much faster than we ever have before. But some of us are, identi- are misidentifying ourselves. And then wearing those misidentifications is a badge of pride. I had a client that came in one day and he gave me every label under the sun. I'm talking about he was every single thing. The whole DSM. And I tried, and I asked him, where are you getting all this from? Oh, I watched the TikTok video. And it, and it said this and it resonated with me. I watched another TikTok video and it was saying something about depression and it resonated with me. I was watching the TikTok video on bipolar and it resonated with me. I was watching a video on, on a TikTok video on relationships and that really resonated with me. And so because everything resonated with you, you are all five you're all five major uh, mental health disorders at the same time. The math ain't mathing on that. Why are you wearing those labels? What is that doing for you? How is that make how is that making you feel any better by having all these labels? You might have an issue with trying to people please and you may have an issue with trying to, you know, walk with crowds. But that's, that's not anxiety and depression and bipolar all at the same time. He got so mad at me. Because he was just convinced that he was everything under the sun. So again, I'm saying that to say, we as the believers, I ain't talking about unbelievers, talking to the believers. We got to be careful that we're not falling for the hype and the deceit that comes with the labels that are sometimes placed on us. Again, I'm not saying that if you're not, that I'm not saying that if you go into a therapist, you go into a psychiatrist, they gave you, you gave you a, a diagnosis. That's your diagnosis. I'm, I'm not saying that. Don't think that you're not. But what I'm saying is, don't let that now be your crutch. Don't let that now be your focus. Get to the heart of the matter. I tell my clients all the time, my job is, is to where you don't have to wear that label no more. That's what, I, that's what I aim to do. To where the label is temporary. I'm not trying to give you a label to give you an excuse for what to do what you do. I'm trying to give you a label so that we can eliminate the label and the problem. And so again... Be mindful and be wise. This is not, again, a blanket statement to say, don't, don't, you know, just eliminate your labels. Do the work. But recognize for the believers that the label only tells a part of the story. There's something deeper going on there. And we as the believers in God must give those labels, give those stories, give our issues to him and allow him to do the work underneath to get to the soul level so that possibly we can eliminate the root causes of the issues that we carry because again for a lot of us you know we don't have to be anxious no more we don't have to be depressed no more we can we can eradicate that by the power of the holy spirit living inside of us through the finished work of Jesus Christ. 
You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Certainly grateful for the 1,300 likes that we have received thus far today. Grateful for your comments. Thank you for your likes. Thank you for your follows. Thank you for your shares. We really do appreciate each and every person who comes through these doors and grateful that, um, that we're able to just give you truth and knowledge and wisdom. Um, again, we're grateful, and if you do miss any part of this recording, you are able to go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and listen to any part that you may have missed, as well as past episodes. They're all available right now, um, and it's all free, 100%. You ain't got to pay a dime um, to get the to get these truths and get this wisdom of knowledge that we have been um, that we've been sharing with you guys on today. So we're definitely grateful that you've given us the opportunity to be able to. Um, worship with you on today and thank you Erica Weiler for the gift that you have given to us today we really do appreciate that thank you so so much from the bottom of my heart really do appreciate that on today um, and, and as a disclaimer once again you know any gifts that is given to this um, live go straight to the true gospel ministry they don't go to me at all I make my own make my own money got my own job pay my own bills so the, um, so the money that we receive here goes straight to the ministry to keep up our subscriptions and um, our website. So thank you again so much for your gifts that you do give to this ministry. <clears throat> thank you again so, so much. We really do appreciate y'all so much for the comments in, up in this piece. Um, seeing if there's anything that I may have missed on this morning. Okay. Alright, so again, feel free to fill out that comment box below if you do have any questions or comments that you may um, have for um, for this show on today. Um, your question will go into the, uh, the, the questions from the chat that I have uploaded here, and your question will be answered um, at some point on this or a future episode of the True Gospel Morning Show. So feel free to fill out that comment box with any questions or comments that you may have. There is no question that is out of bounds. All I ask is that you keep it classy. Um, if you if you take it too far and take and spin it too um, too far to the left, then I'll have to give you the mute button. Uh, but we do again appreciate y'all so so much for your time and for your attention on today. Um, someone had asked me the question, um, and I've answered it once before, but I'll answer it again. What made me choose this path? Uh, what made me choose this path? Um, so, um, I've tell my history. I grew up in the church. Um, grandfather's the pastor of a church. Um, grandmother was a minister. Um, uncles and aunts were deacons and deaconesses. Uh, you know, my mom got married to a preacher. Um, been in church my whole life. Um, and um, Jesus is pretty much all I've ever known uh, for a good long time. Um, but the Jesus that I knew uh, was not the Jesus that I know today. Um, ooh, excuse me, give me a second. If that came out of me so wrong, I apologize to y'all for listening to that. Um, but, you know, the Jesus that I knew back then was not the Jesus that I know today. Um, the Jesus that I knew back then, uh, was, uh, the Jesus of, um, do right or else lightning bolts and thunders gonna come crashing down on your head. I lived in straight fear of the Lord. I did not know how to love him. I knew how to fear him. But I didn't know how to love him. And so my relationship with Jesus was all performance based. It was all about do good, do good, do good to be blessed and to keep from, you know, keep from hell, you know, keep from the punishment. 
um, and for a long time, that was the true, that was the the, ba- the base, the basic extent of my relationship with him. Um, I looked at other religions, and I looked at other, you know, other, um, you know, like Islam. I looked at Buddhism. I looked at Confucius. I looked at all of them, and you know, obviously, I saw the similarities. And a lot of people will make that argument that. You know, well, you know, this religion is similar to this one, and this one ripped from this one, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, you know, I, I get that. I get that. Um, and um, my response to that in, it, in in itself is that, you know, every culture deals with the same issues. And so for every issue that we have in this world, there are similar stories that parallel Christ. And it's been happening since forever. You know, the same issues before Christ showed up have all have, have been here. The same, same issues. Like Ecclesiastes said it best. There ain't nothing new under the sun. Same thing that's been happening before is the same thing that's happening now. The only thing that's changed is we got better technology. That's it. But we're dealing with the same issues, same problems, and we're all in need of a savior. And and so, you know, when I watch a Marvel movie, you know, I can see Jesus in it. When I watch a TV show, I can see Jesus in it. When I read a book, I can see Jesus in it. You know, when I'm, you know, watching, you know, something, you know, I can I can see Jesus in anything and everything um, because God gives us the spiritual eye to be able to see him in everything. As it says in Romans chapter one, he can be seen and plainly seen in everything that was made. Clearly can be perceived in everything that was made. So we're without excuse. You know, we can see him in everything. Um, and so anyway, that that's an aside. Um, I looked through all the different religions and all of them except Christianity had the same thing in common every last one of them is trying to climb to a certain point it's all a matter of um, ascension you're trying to ascend to or transcend to a level and in order to do that you have to do a whole bunch of stuff the di- the major difference one of the major differences and the difference that made the difference for me between them and Jesus is that while all the other religions say do 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 Christ says done I don't have to work to enter into the kingdom of heaven all the other religions, you got to work to get into the kingdom. You got to do certain things to get into the kingdom. You have, to, you have to learn a certain amount of things in order to get into the kingdom. You have to, you know, be able to, you know, transcend a certain level or a certain thing or a certain ideal. Got to reach the upper level. I got a song stuck in my head now. Reach that up a level. The mind, body, and soul must be one. A, A, A. It's a sacrifice. Sorry. Um, but we all have to reach a certain level in order to gain entry 
into the kingdom. We got to do certain things in order to get into the kingdom. Christ says, repent and believe. Turn away, denounce an initial declaration, denounce all other gods and turn to me. Give me your allegiance, give me your attention, give me your affections. And then push all your chips in with me. And even that is done by the power of the Holy Spirit. For we are saved by grace through faith. And faith is a gift so that no man can boast. So God does the work of taking out the heart of stone and putting in the heart of flesh and causing it to love him. Right? All the other religions say you got to do that. I have to do that. And I will never be good enough. I will never be smart enough. I will never be wise enough. I will never be powerful enough. I will never be rich enough. I will never be famous enough. I will never be at peace enough to ascend to heaven. My righteousness, according to the script, is a bloody tampon in the hands of God when it compares to the righteousness of God. My righteousness is, is doo-doo. All my achievements and my accomplishments are dung compared to Jesus. I can't love God enough on my own to enter into the kingdom of heaven. I can't be wise enough to enter into the kingdom of heaven. I can't do enough good deeds to get into the kingdom of heaven. All the other religions in the world, that is what they say. You have to be smart enough. You have to be wise enough. You have to be enlightened enough. That's the word I was looking for. Enlightened enough. You have to have done enough good works. Your good has to balance out your bad. That's, that's what all the other religions say. In some way, shape, or form, when you boil it all down, Christ is the only person who said, I took care of that on the cross. Your good is never going to be good enough. I took care of that on the cross. You know how they say sometimes, your money's no good here? Jesus is saying, your good works is no, no good here. I got you. I got that. Your sins have been forgiven you. Your, the, the scales of your life have been balanced. There are no scales. I took care of that on the cross. When I died for you and rose again, I took care of all that. That's why I believe in Jesus Christ. Because even on my best day, Jesus himself said, my thoughts are jacked up. Even on my best day, my feelings can get in the way. Even on my best day, I can have these feelings and these thoughts about life because sometimes life be lifing and I be wanting to blurt out some words. And Jesus said that we deserve hell for that. Jesus said that entry into the kingdom of heaven, he's taking care of that. But even after that, even beyond that, which is why I'm glad that God loves us 
into a relationship because we're we already have the kingdom and we already have him but he is pushing us closer and closer to him at the same time as he's molding and shaping us into his image I get God most of your other religions God is up here and he is never coming down but Christ literally came down made himself of no reputation lived the life we couldn't live died the death that we deserved rose again on the third day stayed with his boys for a good for about a good 40 days then ascended into heaven and seated at the right hand of God coming back to get us one day and when he went up he sent the Holy Spirit down that rules resides and abides in every last one of us what other what other God does that what other God is literally living inside of us What other what other God does that? Because when I think about it, Moses ascended to the ascended on the mountain to go see to go see God, you know, Ten Commandments and all that. And Moses asked God, "Let me see your glory." God said, "I can't let you see my glory because if I let you see my glory, it's gonna kill you." Moses says, "Well, at least let me see, let me see, let me see your face or something." And God said, "I'll hide you in the cleft of a mountain with my hand, and as I pass by, I'll let you see my backside." The radiance of the glory of God shone so brightly that Moses' face lit up like the sun. So that as he descended down from the mountain, he had to wear a veil so as to not blind the people of Israel until such a time as the glory wore off. The Holy Spirit, the third of the Trinity, God the, God the Spirit, the God that if we saw him, would kill us is living inside of us do you know how powerful that is that the same God who said if you see my glory it'll kill you is living in us now if that ain't a miracle if that don't just make you want to burst out in song, praise God, hallelujah. Because the Lord of the universe is living inside of us, the believers in God. And when we die and go into the life to come Jesus will be walking alongside us that's why I worship that's why I believe in him because 
I get to be with Jesus in the end. Paul said it like this in the book of Philippians. Starting at verse 18. <clears throat> what then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is pro pro proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for you, or for me. Yet which shall I, I shall choose, I cannot tell. I'm hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and to be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and your joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Like, like that is the, the God that we serve. That is the God that we worship. To where I am so grateful that I get to be on this side, but I am so looking forward to going to the other side because I get to be with the Lord. If I'm on this side, I'm living for Jesus. If I'm on the other side, I'm living with Jesus. Like, that's that's why we worship. That's why we praise. That's why we fellowship. That's why we that's why I do this. Because the God that I serve has been so good to me. He is the reason for everything that I have, for everything that I am, everything that I'm not. It's because of him. It's because of him. And he has loved me and has, you know, you know, been down for me even when I was faithless. He was faithful. When I was a sinner, he was dying on the cross for me. He died knowing everything I was going to do. And as a result of that, I can now live in him, abide in him. And I'm looking forward to the day where faith becomes sight where I'm no longer having to walk by faith I can walk by sight I see him I know he's here I got the ocular proof that a lot of unbelievers keep looking for I can see him and because I can see him you know I rejoice Rejoicing regardless, but the fact that he's now here, you know, that's going to be an infinity percent. A better exchange, a far better exchange. Second Corinthians chapter 4. 
verse 16 we do not lose heart for though our outer self is wasting away our inner self is being renewed day by day for this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal for if we know that the if for if we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed we have a building from god a house not made with hands eternal in the heavens for in this tent we groan longing to put on our heavenly dwelling if indeed by putting it on we may not be found naked for while we are still in this tent we groan being burdened not that we will be unclothed but that we will be further clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life he who has prepared us for this very thing is god who has given us the spirit as a guarantee so we are always of good courage we know that while we are at home in the body we are away from the lord for we walk by faith not by sight yes we are of good courage and we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. And that's why, that's why I believe. That's why I believe. So, yeah. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're so grateful that you've given us you give us an opportunity. Give me one second to be able to worship in spirit and truth with you guys today, and it's a, such a wonder and a joy that we that we are able to worship you in um in to worship God in spirit and truth on today. And grateful that you've given us this opportunity to be able to walk and talk with you guys um, throughout the um, throughout this um, certain without throughout this show on today. Um, so thank you so much for the 1,300 likes that we've received thus far. Thank you for your comments. Thank you for your gifts. Uh, thank you for your likes. Thank you for your shares. Thank you for the follows on today. Uh, we're certainly grateful for every person who has been commenting thus far, and hope that this has been um, helpful and healing for you all in a mighty and powerful way. That it has strengthened and encouraged you in some type of way. If you've missed any part of this show, you can always go to Spotify and Apple Podcasts to catch a recap of this show in its entirety. Um, you can um, we upload as soon as the show is over, and so you should be able to have access to this episode um, in in the um, in the next hour. And if you want to catch any past episode, you are more than able to watch and watch and listen. Well, listen to every episode that we have of the True Gospel Morning Show. Um, so again, thank you guys so much for the likes and for the comments on today. Again, if you do have any questions or concerns, feel free to fill out that comment box below, and I would certainly be more than happy to answer any questions that you guys may have. Um, if I'm not able to get to it today, I will put it in the box that I have here. Um, that is our, um, our questions from the chat box that gives us an opportunity to be able to answer any questions that you guys may have, uh, for the true gospel morning show. Um, let's see. Um, there we go. Um, let me get this one. Yeah, we went through, we went through a slew of them today, I see. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. 
someone had said on um, earlier this, I think it was either earlier this week or late last week. I'm, I can't remember, but they said something to the effect, and I'm going to set, I'm going to set up the context for it. We were talking about how you know we should be careful that we should be careful and wary of people who don't take well criticism, especially those in the faith. Um, that we should know our thank you God we should know our Bible so well know our God so well that we are able to discern when someone is not giving us the word of truth that we should know our word and know our God so well that we are able to rightly discern whether or not someone is giving us the true gospel or not um um, and I'll set, and I'll set it up again. You know, people who work for the U.S. Treasury, one of their training exercises is to spend months, to be spend months, talking about months, literally, looking at dollars, looking at single dollar bills, five dollar bills, ten dollar bills, twenty dollar bills, fifties, one hundreds. And they literally spend months in a room learning everything there is to learn about a bill. After a certain point of time, the supervisors will slip a fake bill, a counterfeit bill, inside that room. And it's up to those who know the truth, know the dollars so well... That they can scope out, scan, see, and acknowledge that's a counterfeit. I may I can't really put my finger on it completely just yet, but I know something's wrong with this one. Can we look at the, something's not right about this one? I don't know if the nose is a little crooked. The, there's an eye that's not supposed to be there. There's a a little shift in the watermark. They know those dollars so well. That they can scope out a counterfeit just like that. That is the depth of the wisdom we should have in God in his gospel message. That when we hear a counterfeit, nah, that ain't it. Nah, mm -mm, that's not the truth. Nah, that's not gospel. Nah, that's not, that, that's not ringing truth. How many of us listen to gospel songs that are not biblical? They sound real good, but they're not biblical. Tasha Cobb's got a song out with Nicki Minaj talking that says, Eyes haven't seen, ears haven't heard, all the blessings that God has in store for me. Song could not be further from the truth about who God is. And what he's accomplished for us. Completely uh, misinterpreting um, that text to talk about blessings. And then put a, put a person who basically is the representation of dollars and cents on the song to further perpetuate the idea that God blesses, that, God, that God's blessings come in the form of money. Lifestyle questionable. But because you got a lot of money, you're, you're, you're blessed. 
but it sounds real good. If we know our word and we know our God and we know Christ well enough, we should be able to spot the counterfeit. So the question then came from this statement that I made that we need to know our Bible so well, our God so well, our Christ so well that we can in truth and in love talk to our brothers and sisters whenever they're following, whenever they're making a mistake. Whenever they're saying something or believing something that's contrary to the gospel of Jesus Christ, we should be able to walk with them and talk with them in such a way to where we're able to lead them in the truth if they will hear us. Which led to a commenter saying this. We'll call you out, but you'll discard it by saying that's the devil talking. When I tell you that statement couldn't be truer, I understood exactly what they were talking about. Because you have some people who believe so badly the counterfeit that they're walking in that if you challenge them with the truth of the gospel, they will call you the devil. How often did the Pharisees and the Sadducees say that Jesus was of the devil? That Jesus is casting out demons in the name of Beelzebub. That Christ is blaspheming against the holy God. How often do we see Romans chapter 1 come to life? When it says in the word, if I can get to it. Since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased or reprobated mind to do what ought not to be done. In verse 32, though they know God's righteous decree that those that practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them but give approval to those who practice them. So how often have we come up against the buzzsaw of a counterfeit gospel? How often have we been hit by people who, you know, are so convinced that they are right that how dare you question me? Several pastors, you know, I've talked to over the years and tried to explain to them, you know, there's these things we've been saying in the church. They're not true. And they look at me like I'm dumb. I tell them the, that, you know, we keep saying the race is not given to the swift nor the battle to the strong, but to him who endures to the end. That's not scripture. That's literally two scriptures from two different books of the Bible in two different testaments of the Bible sandwiched together. And both of them pulled apart have different meanings from one to another. And they look at me like I'm crazy. They look at me like I'm dumb. But she, but that, again, the sentiment is absolutely right. We, the believers in God, we got to remember 
that we're not always going to get it right. We might get this wrong. We might get this wrong. And if someone can call us out on it, to God be the glory so we can get it right. Because how many people are we leading astray off of faulty doctrine? How many people are we leading astray because we don't take the time to really know our gospel, to know our God, to know Jesus? Like, how often are we leading people in the wrong direction? Because at the end of the day, yeah, we can say something that sounds really good, but if it ain't God, it doesn't matter how good it is. That's how deception and that's how deceit, that's how that, that's how that comes into play. All it takes is a little leaven to leaven the whole lump. And MRC, yes, you can ask your question. Go ahead. But a little leaven leavens the whole lump. And as we see, that's how Satan got Eve. He took a truth about God and slightly twisted it. The slightly twisted it. And as a result, sin has fractured the universe. And so we, the believers in God, we have to allow the people of God to sharpen us as iron sharpens iron. If I'm wrong about something, holla at your boy and let me know I'm wrong. Let's talk about this. Let's discuss this. Let's come to an understanding. Even if we agree to disagree at the end, let's talk about it. Let's discuss it. Let's discuss it. Because at the end of the day, we have to be so careful. We have to be so mindful that if we can't be checked, if we can't be checked, then that makes us no better than anybody else who won't allow people to show them that they're in error. And you see what happened with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They just knew they had it right. We have to allow ourselves a space to be able to be checked and challenged. Because again, it's not about being right and wrong. It's about, it's about us developing a deeper relationship with the Lord. We all, we're all, again, on the same foundation that Jesus is Lord and that Christ died for our sins. Like, we're all on that same foundation. So anything else on, uh, along that, you know, we're all trying to figure this stuff out together. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thank you so much for the 1,400 likes that we've received thus far. And grateful that you are watching on today. Uh, thank you for the 1,400 likes. Thank you for the follows. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the shares. 
and we're grateful for this opportunity to be able to, um, you know, just to be among you guys on today. Um, MRC22545 asked this question. If Jesus died for our sins, why do we great break the first commandment by worshiping graven images? Um... I don't. I guess I'm. I'm needing to know what graven images you're referring to. Um, but you know the sentiment is sound that we as the believers in God should have no other gods before Him. Um, over the course of history and time, we've created you know different things that symbolize the walk, the relation, the relationship that we have with Him. Um, you know and. The cross is one of the, you know, most important, you know, elements of our relationship with him. Um, and so it's not that we're, we're not, it's not that we're worshiping the cross. At least we shouldn't be. But it is a representation and a reminder of what Christ has done for us. I, lo I look, I, I liken it to this. Um, I wear a ring. Right? This ring symbolizes my marriage. It's not my marriage. I don't need this ring to be married. It's just a symbol. And you have people that wear the symbol but don't live the life of marriage. See what I'm saying? All the crosses should be, should be, are symbols of the faith that we have. That by the cross of Christ, we are saved, we are delivered, we are set free, we are transformed. The heart of stone has become the heart of flesh. And so that, that is, that is, we worship Jesus. We're not worshiping the cross. We're grateful for the cross that he got on. And that symbolizes our faith in him. But we're not celebrating the cross. We don't worship the cross. We don't pray to the cross. We're not believing in the cross. We believe in Jesus. And what he did for us. We worship Christ. We worship God. We worship the Holy Spirit. We worship the Holy Trinity. The three in one. We worship them. The, 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 the Godhead. That is what we worship. We don't worship the cross. Anyone who's worshiping the cross, they need to reevaluate their relationship. We don't worship the cross. We're not wearing crosses or, you know, putting crosses up as a means of saying, this is what we worship. It's not like a totem pole where we're bowing down to the cross. No, we bow down to the Savior. We bow down to the one who is Savior and Lord. And so, again, no, we're not, we're not worshiping the cross. We should not be worshiping the cross. If any of us are worshiping the cross, we need to have a, we need to, we need to have a, we need to check ourselves. We need to check ourselves. Again, MRC, listen to me. They are symbols of what we celebrate. The fact that Christ lived, died, and rose again. It's a symbol. And so again, we're not worshiping the cross. We're worshiping 
Jesus. And when we see that symbol, it's a reminder. Just like, you know, just like any other thing that we put in our house that is a reminder of something from way back when. If we take, if we have, if we take a picture of us on, on, a, on a cruise ship, it reminds us of the trip. If I, you know, if I, if I, um, you know, uh, you know, build a sculpture or something and, and I see the sculpture, it reminds me of a time and a place. It's a reminder. It's a symbol. It's a symbol. And it reminds us not that not to not to not sin against God. It reminds us of what Christ accomplished for us on the cross. What he did for us. So it's not a reminder to not sin against him. That's what the word's for. The word we've hidden in our heart that we might not sin against God. The, 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 the cross is just a reminder of what Christ accomplished for us. And we sit in gratitude for what he's done for us on the cross. And so again, you know, that's what God did for us. That's what God has done for us. That's what God has accomplished for us. That's why that cross... It's so important to us. But we're not worshiping the cross. The, the, the tree that Christ died on is not what we worship. There's no power in the tree. There's power in Jesus. There's no power in the cross. There's power in the one who died on it. Because many people have died on many crosses. But Christ dying on the cross was what purchased our salvation. So again, it's just a reminder. It's just a reminder. Don't forget what I did for you. Like they have it on the communion tables, a lot of communion tables in, in the front of the communion table. Do this in remembrance of me. It's just a reminder. There's no power. There's no power in the in the cross itself. There's power in Jesus. There's power in Jesus. The same power that, you know, rose Jesus from the dead is the same power that lives in us. It's the power that saves us and it's the power that sustains us. It's the power that sanctifies us. As we walk our sanctification, we're doing it empowered by the God we serve. And the cross is just a reminder of that. It's just a reminder of that. So don't get, don't fall for the hype in thinking that, you know, oh, if we're, if we're supposed to be worshiping Jesus, then why are we having all these crosses and graven images? You're missing the point. You're missing the point. Those carved images, people were literally bowing down to them as if they were God. When they made the calf in Exodus, they were bowing down to a carved image the cross is not what we worship. The cross is a reminder. And I don't know about you, but in the world that we live in today, I need all the reminding I can get. Because you can never be reminded enough of how awesome and how powerful and how magnificent and how great our God is. Listen, thank y'all so much for the 1,400 likes. Thank you for the follows. Thank you for the comments. Thank you for the shares. Thank you for your viewership on today. It has been such a pleasure this week 
to be among you guys on th on this week. Um, I really do appreciate y'all from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to um to you know worship with us to uh the today worship with us all this week. Um, thank you guys so so much for tuning in to the True Gospel Morning Show. It's been an absolute pleasure and joy sharing the word with you all this week. If you've missed any part of this message or want to listen or just listen to it all over again and listen to past episodes, go to Spotify and um, Apple Podcasts right now and subscribe to the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast. Um, I love you guys so, so much from the um, bottom of my heart. And as always, if you can't see the good, be the good. I love you guys. Peace out, homies. <laughs>